Podcast One. Well, we're going to start today's episode of Listen Able, Dylan, by saying a huge congratulations to our last guest. Yeah, how good is this? So we had Moana and Vinnie Hope on. It was the last episode, as you said. And by the way, how good are they? Amazing. Like two The response the... that we've had from people is just like, I cannot get enough of these two in my life and my ears. Two of the best people ever. And it was quite interesting because we were talking to Mo about if she wanted to have kids one day and how that would affect her life with Vinny. And, you know, she's got a beautiful partner, Belle. And we're like, you know, what's, what's going to happen with that? And then... Go back and listen to last week's episode to hear her talking about wanting to start a family. But of course, she knew that they were already pregnant with their first child. Had to wait till the 12 weeks. Of course, which was the week since it's been... The day, uh, day after the, the pod came ex- out. Exactly right. And I was like, give us the scoop. Give us some scoop. <laughs> but we do have to say uh, congratulations to them both and Vinny as well. She's part of that family. Uh, and they actually did record, and it was on uh, Moana's Instagram. Go check it out, Moana Hope. This was the moment they told Vinny that she was going to have a little baby niece. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. The world is a beautiful and place. Very fitting that we're talking about kids. Today is going to be really interesting because it's something that I think people would want to know about, but don't really know how to go about. And I know this was, you know, important to me, Angus, because I don't have kids yet mm-hmm. and I really want to one day. And it might be a bit of a, you know, different process because of, of my disability, you know, compared to someone like yourself. Now, here's a cool thing about this particular episode is this is going to be the first episode where somebody hit us up on our socials wanting to share their story. Up until this point, uh, they've been friends of yours, Dylan, someone that you've worked with in the past, speakers you've seen on panels. Um, But we got a message on our Facebook group. You can search it. It's Listenable Podcast or on Instagram, it's Listenable underscore podcast. Uh, We do have an email as well if you do want to get in contact with us. But we got a Facebook message and said, hey, guys. I've done a lot of driving today and binged your podcast. Great, great choice. The next sentence after that was something that I decided with you, Dylan, that we had to hear the story of. So let's learn a little bit more about our next guest. Hi, my name's Ashley. I am a T6 paraplegic. Uh, I was in a car accident when I was two years old. And I am a mum of two, among many other things. Yeah. You weren't driving, were you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay. Hey, Ash, thanks. So, could, Ash or Ashley? Either. I All right. We're going with, I'm going with Ash. Ash, it's so good to have you on. And it's, you know, something that I think a lot of people in the able-bodied community, but also people in the disabled community want to know a bit more about, about, you know, being a, a mother and the pregnancy and what it's like to do it um, with a disability. And we'll get to your beautiful kids who I can see mm-hmm. uh, outside, uh, Look like their mum, luckily. They're, they're gorgeous. <laughs> um, go back to the time when you can first remember yourself having a disability. Did you Do you remember anything pre-accident? No, nothing at all. Mm. I've got no memories pre-accident. I don't remember the accident. My first memory, I was probably three or four, so like 12 months after. I've got no memory of the recovery. There wasn't actually recovery. Um they weren't aware that I'd done any damage. Um, oh, right. Because I was You so, weren't crawling? There was nothing to show? I was, and I was actually walking. I started walking at 10 months old, but I was a baby. Well, I was a toddler, and so people were carrying me everywhere. Like, I'd just been in an accident. No one was 
trying to get me to walk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wrapped in cotton wool, yeah. And yeah. You can still crawl kind of with your arms. Like Ashley and I both could crawl, I guess, but because we had didn't have use of our legs, we can crawl kind of. Well, you've just made a comparison with Ashley there. So your T6, what is yours, Dylan? Yeah, mine's up to about T6. So I'm incomplete, but only a little bit. So I've got like a tiny little bit of feeling and things in my legs. Does that mean you're complete? Technically, I'm incomplete. Right. But. I present as complete. I have no sensation yeah. right. or control. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, so you guys are from around the same spot down, which is interesting. So mine obviously wasn't from a trauma as such, no. from a car accident. Mine was a tumour, so it would have different effects on the nerves. But, I mean, looking at us, we look, you know, a little bit similar, and you can check it, check us out on YouTube if you want to, or our socials to see, you know, because we're the same kind of size and mm. things like that. And can you talk us through what happened that day, even though you don't remember it? Do you know what happened with the accident? Yeah, so my mum was driving. Uh, we were driving down the back roads of the town that we live in, mm-hmm. um, and I pulled my arms out of my seatbelt, as a naughty toddler oh, does. Right. And my mum turned around to say, hey, Ash, put your arms in your seatbelt, and lost control of the vehicle and ran into a tree. Were you in a in a toddler seat? Yeah, yeah. So full five-point harness, and I've pulled my arms out of that harness. How did you reckon, if you've, when you've spoken to your family, how did it affect your family at the time? Um, It impacted pretty severely. So my mum was a single mum at the time um, with lots of family support, but she was in hospital for a long time. So she was banged up really bad. She took the full brunt of the um, accident and she was in uh, the Austin, I think, for like a good six months. So Could she be with you? No. No. So I was in the children's. Did she make a full recovery or? Yeah, yeah, okay. yep. Great news. And then. She's got some arthritis in her knee, but yeah. What was your first kind of memories of yourself? The earliest memory that I can think of would, I would have been about three or four and I didn't get a wheelchair until I was four. Um, I had a little like, can I only describe it as a skateboard with padding on the top and a little back rest on it and bigger wheels at the back. So it was low right down on the floor. And that I sounds, remember. That sounds dope. I want one of them now. <laughs> I remember sitting on one of those with my cousin, sitting like in between my legs. She was about the same age, sitting in between my my legs on, on the skateboard. Yeah, that would be the earliest. So that was your accessibility. I don't know how financially stable your family is, but I mean, going through an accident like that is going to cost money to begin with. But having to change accessibility in your home that you already had, because now your life's going to be within a wheelchair... Do you remember some of those uh, early accessibility problems and solvers for your family? I think because I was so small, th- it wasn't really an issue. Okay. Um, because it was a car accident, I am insured by TAC. My next question. Yep. Yeah. So any time that I have needed wheelchairs or modifications done on my house, um, they would cover the cost of those. I've got no idea what this is. <laughs> so the TAC, or it's just the um, road safety people. So yeah, I've seen it's, the ads. It's, it's, each, it's different in every state. And if you have a car accident, even if you are a drunk driver yourself, but your car's insured, you get a payout. Different levels of payout. So someone like Ashley, or I've got friends in my basketball and tennis team, they had accidents where they get something called a loss of income payment for the rest of their lives. So what they would have been earning, a portion of what they would have been earning even if they didn't have their accident. Something funny, I wasn't insured because I was born with a tumour. So I used to make jokes that I wanted someone to back a car into me. (laughs) 
or have a car accident. And they'll be like, hang on, how did this wheelchair already be here? Yeah. I was like, I premeditated that. They ran over my legs. Because you get like <laughs> millions of dollars, as you should. Because yeah, of course, your life's going to be different. No, not different. Like, like obviously different, but I meant like the cost of being disabled mm. is something that's often un- underestimated, isn't it's it? It's incredible. Um, I am thankful. I don't think about it every day, but when I do think about it, I am so thankful that my disability is because of a car accident. I look at people here with multiple sclerosis and that sort of thing who don't have access to the funds that I have access to. If you are listening to this with a, in a farm or you have vehicles on a property, please insure it. Because if you have an accident in like a... Oh, there's so many farming accidents. Yeah, but if you have an accident and you're banged up, you, that's not insured. Oh, like your paddock bomb. You don't, you're not registered, sorry. You don't get a payout. But if it is registered, you do. Right. So there's a little tip. It's worth doing that if you have a property where you drive a car that isn't registered because you will get looked after forever if something does happen. The biggest cost in your registration is actually a portion of insurance and that's what it's insuring you for. Do you know what? I actually hate paying my registration. Oh, man. Like I get it through and it's like a thousand plus dollars and I'm always like, it always comes at the worst time. And I'm always like, these buggers, like, Bruh. I did had no idea that it was going towards. No one does. It's so important. Go. That's what I've look at. Look at the breakdown, thing. and the bulk of it will be insurance. Oh wow! And it's a really good insurance. I actually got a smaller lump sum payout than I could have gotten, but I've got coverage for life. So mm. whenever I need a new wheelchair, they'll pay the cost. You've got two kids. How old are your kids and their names? Willow is nine. And Jax is six. Okay. So you were quite a young mother. I was. Let's go through making babies. <laughs> How'd that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> I mean, I'm not asking as in like birds and the bees. I know how it <laughs> happened, but let's go into that because did yep. you always want to be a mum? I did. I did always want to be a mum. Um, I got it in my head somewhere that someone said I can't do it, so we're going to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, here's another one because a couple of episodes ago we had Chantel on, Dylan's partner, and they spoke about, you know, their future and wanting children and Dylan, it's an unknown for Dylan. Yep. So I guess, Dylan, you could understand where that comes from of people saying and you yourself not knowing whether it's possible or not. And I guess proving the people wrong who say yeah. that you can't or you shouldn't. Yeah. Because shouldn't yeah. probably a big Yeah, one. yeah, that's exactly right. Mm. Um, Especially from a female, like I'm not carrying the baby. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot point. less... Workload on, you get to on sit myself. Back for nine months. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I just have to look after societal Chantel. pressure. Correct. To, yeah. yeah so to reproduce. Before we get to the nitty gritty of you know the process that you went about it, did, did you have strong relationships with people growing up? How did you go at school, like developing relationships and and love and things like that? Yeah. So I always had a um, good group of friends around where I'm from out west. There's not a huge disabled community. I'm finding more. So now, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older and you start looking for these things that it's more prevalent. But as a kid, I didn't know another person in a wheelchair. I think I can maybe think of one throughout my whole school life. One instance of being in contact with another person in a wheelchair, there wasn't um, wheelchair sports happening out my way. So it was kind of a matter of, and my Mum and my parents and my family were really good at just treating me exactly the same as everyone else and expecting me to do everything that everyone else mm, did. I mm. didn't get any good slack cut. Good life lesson. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So I just felt like every every other kid. What about like dating? How did you go with that? Yeah, I dated. Um, I felt um, a lot of pressure, I guess, to show that I could 
again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did definitely struggled with feeling like if I am not dating someone or I don't have a partner, then maybe I'm more disabled than I think I am. Yeah, or people that might think sense. of you mm. yes. being more disabled. Yeah, yeah or if, and even now I'm a single mum now and I really struggle with that. No, I'm actually happily single. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not single because I'm in a wheelchair. I don't want a partner mm-hmm. where I feel a lot of that when some when you meet someone and, and they say, oh, yeah, so where's their dad? Or, you know, we're, we've separated. Oh, oh, do you, so you don't have a partner? No, I don't. Oh. Yeah, my mum didn't have a partner for my whole 30 years yeah. of me growing yeah. up. Yeah, there'd be, a bigger, there'd be a big assumption that your partner left you because you have your disability. Definitely. Which is... Definitely. Sucks. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That just shows the, I guess, the connotation that the public has that you are lesser than, so somebody left you for that reason, when it's actually because you might have fallen out of love or whatever the reason was. Yeah, exactly right. I don't exactly. want to talk, we don't have to talk about your partner specifically, yeah. but um, your kids are from the same dad? They are, yes. Okay. So did you guys um, mean to start a family so young? Um, yeah, we did. Yep. It was, a. Um, I'd always wanted to do it young. I, um, I liked the idea of being young with my kids and um, not waiting until I was older and less able to parent them actively. I don't know whether it was subconscious or just luck or whatever, but so my pregnancy with Willow was really easy. She was a small baby. I barely noticed I was pregnant. I was 22 or 23 when I was pregnant with her. Um Three years later, when I was pregnant with Jax, and my body failed. <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll, we'll get into that in a sec. But did you conceive nat like naturally? Is that the correct term, or did you use IVF or what? No, what's was, the process? It was naturally okay. and very easily. We decided we wanted to get pregnant, and we were pregnant. I, I like there you go. I, I didn't know too much about female pregnancies for paraplegics. I didn't know that process that, that it can happen. And I didn't do any research. I didn't ask a doctor whether I should be getting pregnant, whether I could, whether. Um, in hindsight, maybe I probably yeah, should what, have spoken to a medical professional. <laughs> what was the advice hindsight? Like what what, um, what, are they, what do doctors normally say about this? I don't know. Don't I know. never had to ask. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. I was classified as a high-risk pregnancy, which I didn't like. I didn't mm-hmm. see that I was And why? Because they were concerned, I guess, for many reasons, but one of their concerns was that I would go into natural labour and not know that I was in natural labour. Mm. It was unknown whether I would feel contractions. Still unknown because I had caesareans mm-hmm. with both of them. Um, so did you just set a time or did they just go via ultrasound to know when it was ready to do the caesarean? Yeah. So Willow was born at 39 weeks and Jax was born at 38, which is a week or two early. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, the babies to bake for as long as possible but to still get in before there was a real risk of me going into natural labour. Because if you if your waters break at 2am in the middle of the night, a lot more difficult for you to get to that hospital as quick as possible. Or might yeah. not even know. And and oh. your, your waters don't necessarily break at the right time. When I eat a few extra hamburgers, I get a bit of a gut and it's un- like it gets in the way of you sitting in your wheelchair. Like if you put on a bit of weight, how do you go sitting all day with a pregnant belly? Like so, it, would, it would limit so much of your, like any pregnancy does for any woman, but sitting down, like you wouldn't be able to bend forward if you think about nah. it. How did you go getting around? Again, Willow, I didn't really notice it because I didn't show as much. She was a, 
a much smaller baby. Oh, she was five pound three oh, wow. and Jack's was seven pound 15. <laughs> yeah. So right. there was a big difference in their size. Shout out to Jack's, the big dog out there. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his, he got his hat backwards looking cool. I told him he had to wear his hat because we've had some hair fails over the oh, skin. <laughs> isolation. In isolation, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're hoping to hear from your kids as well because you've brought them in. It'd be remiss of us not to ask them some of the questions about their growing up with a mum in a wheelchair as well. So yeah, we're definitely. looking forward to hearing some of their answers. When did your partner and, and yourself break up? So when did you become a, a single mother? Five-ish years ago. Okay. So uh, Willow was like four and Jax was like 18 months. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So pregnancy and everything, we were together. How did you recover from the pregnancies? Fine. Good. Yeah, no issues. Um, I was told to be really careful because I had had a cesarean section and you're not supposed to lift anything heavier than your baby. Of course. I lift myself mm. multiple times a day and I'm heavier than a baby. This is where I need to get my notepad out. Ready? Got my notepad out because I need some tips. <laughs> How the hell do you carry a baby, do all the things you need to do? Lift yourself out of the chair and As a bed. mom. Like, no, but like get no. him in the car, get your chair in the car. Do you push a pram with your chair? Like, you know, there is a lot of logistical nightmares yeah. around having a child. Did you just suck it and see and just figure it out as Pretty you Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I did get some equipment made up by a volunteer organisation. Can you describe what that stuff is? Yeah, certainly. So uh, the cot, I had the side taken off and turned into doors so that they opened um, with oh. a latch. So I opened it and like then I could get... Like a barn door. Yeah. Because you wouldn't get, be able to reach over the cot like an able-bodied person. Yeah, in and get the um, baby out. Um, I used what's called a co-sleeper, which is not actually modified. Yep. Is in, that on the side of the bed? Yeah. So it attaches to the side of the bed. So up until they were about five or six months old, they slept in there. Yeah, Chantel recommended that to us. It's like on the side, you can just rock it and you don't have to get up and they can just... You know, they're like attached to Oh, cool. So not, yeah. not like at the end of the room or in a corner of the room yeah, or the room next door. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't have to get up in the middle Makes of the night. Sense. Just sat up, grabbed the baby, fed him, put him back sense. in. I might get one of them for myself. That's, <laughs> that's, cool. um, that's, that's Dylan going into the doghouse when he gets in trouble. <laughs> he just opens up his barn doors and rolls into the other bed and closes <laughs> yeah. them behind. He go to sleep. So what other incredible accessibility options are there at that we don't know about? There's probably a whole lot better stuff out there now. I think that this is, I mean, it was only 10 years ago, but 10 years is a long time. Long time. Yeah, in God. the terms of where the world has come. And the just being able to find the iPhone these things. 11. Just yeah. think of that. <laughs> and being able to find these things, like now I'd be able to find a hundred things that would have made my mm. life yeah. easier. Google. Yeah. Mm. It is just, and also, Angus, they used to put limits on like what you could import because just say one brand of wheelchair had the rights in Australia, you could go on a website in America, there'd be like a hundred brands mm. and they're cheap, but you couldn't get them because of import taxes. Like there would be, a, that person would have a monopoly. Okay. So now yeah. those monopolies are now gone. So you can actually shop online for products. You wish.com and get yourself a new yeah. wheelchair. Legit, man. There's like so many more accessibility options out there, mm. which when we were growing up, you know, we're not too dissimilar in age. There's none of that. You yeah. know what I mean? And the cost was crazy. And just asking other people. Like I didn't know anyone else in a wheelchair or didn't certainly didn't know anyone else in a wheelchair that had been a parent before. Definitely no podcasts normalising disability. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> <laughs> what about judgment? Yeah. I don't remember any judgment while I was actually pregnant. I could have just been a really fat person. <laughs> did you have to, um, I'm going all in. Did you have to get a bigger wheelchair? 
I wasn't in this wheelchair. Okay. Um, so just to describe, you got a, quite a sporty slimline wheelchair. At the yeah. Moment. You um, roll in that big hospital chair while you're pregnant. It was definitely bigger. I don't remember getting it bigger. Specifically. Specifically okay. because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Did you feel the birth? No. I So I wanted to try for natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to. Did they just say no way? I <laughs> know. Like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, they didn't actually. No, no, not good on them. <laughs> okay. So in the big, so I was going into the Royal Women's um, because I was a high risk pregnancy, yeah. and my local hospital wouldn't touch me with a ten foot pole. And the way it works there is that every time you go in for an appointment, you see a different obstetrician. So the first like two or three, I was like. So we're going to try for natural, yeah? This this is the plan. We're going to try for natural. If I end up in a Caesar, that's fine, but I want to try for natural. And my mum's going, Ashley, that's not possible. <laughs> like, be realistic here. Yeah, no way. Mum, what do you know? Yeah, <laughs> I can do so this. I can do anything. Good Had you idea. heard of somebody no. in this T6? Or, you no? just gone, yeah, probably. Just, yeah. just do natural. You, you wanted know, to yeah. prove people wrong that you couldn't do it differently. Yeah. It wasn't anything different. <laughs> and if then... I was pregnant, I'd be like, drug me up. Whatever you need. Oh, no, I, would, I wasn't worried about feeling it. I wouldn't oh. have felt it. Yeah. I just wanted to do the work. Right. <laughs> right. I could, could have, if I thought I was going to feel it, I probably <laughs> would have um, had a different idea. But would you have been, oh, God, very personal question. Would you have been able to have pushed so this was the concern. So then I go in on one of the other um, obstetricians and I walk in and well, I don't walk in, I roll in and mm. I tell her, yeah, we're going to try for natural. She goes, no, you're not. That's ridiculous. Why do you think you could do that? Yeah, well, if we got halfway out, you couldn't get the rest. You can't do that. Yeah. She's like, your hips didn't go through puberty. Her head's not going to fit through that. Yeah, yeah. Great call. <laughs> and we don't, like, you'd be testing to see whether you can, A, feel the contractions, B, push the baby out. Mm. Do you really want to be testing that on your child? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Maybe cool. not. Very cool. So then plan B was a Caesar um, and generally you are given a... Oh, Epidural. Thank you. So you're still awake for the procedure, but because I've had so much spinal surgery, they tried to do the epidural. And that was unsuccessful. So I was put under general anesthesia. So I did not feel anything. Didn't know anything. Woke up with the baby. Babies. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. What do your kids mean to you? I don't think that I could um, put that into words. They're my world. They're they're why I do what I do. They're why I want the world to be a better place. Do you think your kids are proud to have a mum who has a disability? I'd like to think that they are, but. I don't think that they know any different. I don't think that they realise that it's special. Should we introduce you kids? Sure. Come on in, Jax. You ready for your first question? Hey, on first and foremost, Jax, how old are you? Six. Six. Bang. You're a cool looking dude. Very cool. Jax, what do you love most about your mum? That she helps us with school. Oh, oh that's good. Are you, okay. are you good at school? Mm? Yeah, nice. cool. Do you help mum more or does she help you more? Mum helps me more. Do you ever help her get around? Do you, do you like help her with a wheelchair in the car and stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you like yeah. Do you like doing that? Do you feel strong? Yeah. Can you help me with my wheelchair in my mm-hmm. car? We were watching a video of you, Dylan, uh-huh. yesterday or the day before. Oh, push it on the road? Yeah, because Jax's biggest problem with me is that we can't have a, fun, a proper race because oh, I always lose. You're not fast enough. He doesn't understand that okay. I'm just slow. It's not because <laughs> I'm in a wheelchair. Have you ever been in a wheelchair before? Mm-hmm. What's your favourite thing to do? Push. Push? Mm-hmm. Can you do wheelies? Yeah. yeah okay. You can do wheelies. Cool. It's pretty cool. Um, and what about with your mum's chair? What's one 
thing that you find a little bit difficult about mum in her chair? That when um, the lamp for our car is broken, it's hard to pull it in and push it out. We've got a new car. Okay. Oh, broke down. It's having lots of teething issues. Ah. So you have to be the mechanic, do you? <laughs> yeah, you got the skills. And, and so is it hard? Is it more difficult or not mm-hmm. to get used to to get it into the car? Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you helping out mum a lot with that? Yeah. Very good to hear. So what a- the new car has a ramp or a lift, which we haven't had before. Usually I just pull it in and out. Yeah. And we're having some technical difficulties oh. with that ramp or that lift sometimes, aren't we? Do- Jax's muscles pull my chair in and out. Hmm. Give us a flex, Jax. Yeah, bro. Oh, look at <laughs> Hey, do the other kids ask about your mum being in a wheelchair? Yeah. What do they say? How did mum get in a wheelchair? Do you get proud when you tell them that story? Mm-hmm. You are proud? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love hearing that. You should be. Well, hey, thanks very much for coming in. Do you want to head back to your iPad and your yeah. sister? Cool. We'll thanks, Jax. You're a photo after. Yeah, we'll Ethan T together. can race you hey. and oh. beat you. Wait, wait, come here. Go back on the mic. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Jax, do you reckon you can beat me in a race? Yes. Oh, come on. What are you on? Are you going to be on a bike? Or are you running? Running. Oh, okay. All right, we're going to have to have a challenge later. It might be a challenge, Jax. You're only allowed to race him if you win. I'll smash him. Hey, hey. He needs to know. Hey. He needs to be put in his place. I'll smash him, all right? No mercy. (laughs) What are some of the, now that technology has advanced, uh, what are some of the abilities that you're finding within accessibility? Um, Apart from your ramp and your teething issue car. Mm, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> probably the ability to connect with other people. Up until probably 18 months ago, I literally did not speak to another person with a disability or in a wheelchair just because in my community and in my social group, I suppose, there isn't anyone. And about, about 12 months ago, I did a scuba diving course in Sydney and found out that people in wheelchairs are actually all right. (laughs) (laughs) And so from there, I've started following people on Instagram and I suppose normalising that for myself. That's so recent. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? And I'm as mind-blown as anyone. It has just allowed me to, I suppose, embrace the things that are different in my life because of being in a wheelchair before that justifying to myself why things might have been different, whereas now I'm much more able to just go, oh, well, it's different because I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm in a wheelchair, surprise, surprise. <laughs> and that does mean that I might need to do things differently or I might be slower at something or um, it's given me the confidence, I suppose, to ask for things to be changed as well, whereas beforehand I wouldn't want to put anybody out or make anybody make anything more difficult for somebody else. So accepting your normal maybe? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do some bowl of uncomfortable. I just have one question quickly before we get there. Scuba diving, you need your legs to kick, don't you? No, bro, big strong arms. You do to kick, but yeah, you, don't need you to can kick. swim with your arms. Who needs kicking is overrated? <clears throat> Fair play. Because <laughs> I went in Bali once with manta rays and I, I struggled because they put weights around your... Waste. Yeah. It's the whole, it felt like the whole goal was to sink me. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Okay, right. <laughs> You're just going to be able to get back up. <laughs> With your arms. God, yeah, you exactly. Ash and I have big shoulders, Matt. Okay, <laughs> you really do. Broad people. Um, let's do the bowl of uncomfortable. Uh, this is where we have people from our social media who have hit us up with questions knowing that you're going to be the guest. Yep. <laughs> so I've, got a, I've got a couple. Right, so I'll go first. You go, then I'll go. Please. Do you worry that your kids will get bullied because of 
you having a disability? Um, n- not really. What happens if it happens? I would hope that I have brought them up to be able to deal with that well. I've brought them up to be open and honest and to be able to voice and stand up for themselves and to not worry about other people and what they think. I shouldn't say that I haven't worried about that. I certainly did when they were younger and before I had kids. Certainly worried that what are you doing bringing a kid into the world that could, you know, with just another added issue Mm. already from the get-go. As they grow up, I realise that they are pretty well adept at dealing with that if it was to happen. There hasn't, as far as I'm aware, and I think I would be aware, been any issues so far. And most kids are fine. Mm. Most kids are just curious. But there is a point where kids change. High school. There high is, school. yeah. I don't, high school. I don't want to be doom and gloom. Yeah. Because I was going to say, your brother Zach, would he have been bullied about having a brother oh, in a wheelchair? 100%. But around the 12 to 14s, you know? Yeah. So it would be interesting to see. But no, I'm with you. Hopefully they're yeah. being open and brushing it off because they're you know proud of the person that you are. Yeah. And I mean, I tell them all the time, you know, people are going to be, there are going to be can we swear on this kind of Go for it. There are going to be assholes in the world. Yeah, and that, that's not a swear word. I thought you were saying much worse. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to drop the big F and C's <laughs> out. Oh, God. <laughs> I beep it. <laughs> that, that, that's funny. Um, there are nasty people in the world, and I think that a problem with society in general is that we are getting a bit too soft in letting other people's thoughts and opinions of us hurt us too much. And mm. obviously it's going to hurt. Like somebody said, somebody doesn't like you or somebody says something nasty, it do, it's going to hurt. But you've got to move on and get over that. And I hope that my kids are able to do that. If it wasn't me being in a wheelchair, it'd be something else. Mm. They're yeah. both rangers. <laughs> <laughs> They're both rangers. <laughs> uh, this one came through Facebook. Now, this person was happy with me saying their first name, but I'm actually not going to because only we have, we, have, we have about 500 people who follow us on Facebook. And I think okay. if you search the followers, you could find this person. Um, I won't say their name. Oh, God. Uh, You are worrying me. Yeah. It's not nice. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's a question about their curiosity. Okay. Uh, He wrote, I think you're a selfish mother for raising your kids knowing they would live limited lives. Tell me why I'm wrong. Whoa. Um, Nah, that's that's not uncomfortable. Um, Limited how? how? How is their life limited? What are my kids missing out on that? any other kid is getting. My son's biggest problem is that I can't kick a football and he still gets, we still play football. Obviously, there are things that I would like to do that I physically can't, but I probably only want to do those things because I can't do them. (laughs) Um, My kids are loved and safe and happy. They have everything that they could want. They experience anything. If they want to do something, we do it and I make it happen whether I can be the person to do it with them or whether I have to get somebody else to take them. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, My mum was a single mum and she couldn't take me fishing. She didn't know how to fish. And so the guy who tiled our house when I was a kid took me fishing. Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Um, And that was mum asking him. She's like, Angus really wants to learn how to fish. I don't know anything. I don't know how to bait a hook. And he took me out fishing. Rex, yeah. Rex, and that's my able-bodied mother. That's you know? it. And Rex Hunt was your Tyler. Give <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it better. And and that's exactly right. It wouldn't matter whether I'm the parent or Angus, you're the parent. There are going to be things that you don't know how to do, oh, or that you, you don't want to do, or that you can't do. That 
your kids are going to miss out on that experience because of your inability to do or your lack of want to do them. What's the difference? That also applies to me. You know what I mean? The same question. And I think two things. One, I might not be able to do it the same way as Angus as a dad, Mm -hmm. but there is ways that I can do everything. Yeah. And I think with added accessibility and, you know, things like that, there are much more opportunities to do more things. But for every one thing that you and I can't do as a parent, Ashley, who gives a shit? Because there are 10,000 other things that we can do. Yeah. And I think we as people focus and parents would focus on those things that we can't do when I don't think your kids even care. No, you know what I mean? No, that's right. And there's another way around. And it's a valid question for that person to ask because it's good to talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when I'm going to have a child and I'm in the supermarket and people look down at me and go, oh, is that, is that guy, is he in a wheelchair? That poor kid. They can get stuffed. And the reason they think that is because of negative connotations from the past. Yeah. And it's important to have these conversations and, and share these conversations because actually the next time you are shopping, hopefully there aren't other women looking down at you going, why yep. did she bring a child into the world? Yeah. Or it might be, you know, our other hope with this podcast is getting it so broad and so well listened to that someone might see you from our social channels or just maybe put two and two together from hearing your story. And they might actually be able to picture what happens for you next when you leave the supermarket. It's like, oh, God, I think that's Ashley Morton. I think she's got a dodgy car with a ramp, so she's going to get her grocery shopping into a car via a ramp when she leaves here. That's our hope. It's going to be more like, Ashley Morton, isn't she single? (laughs) I know the perfect person for Ashley. No, we know you're happy single. Before we wrap it up, um, I want one piece of advice. Mothers with a disability, but just mothers in general, what's your bit of advice you want to leave people? I don't know if I'm far enough in to be able to be giving parenting advice here. Well, no, I don't think it has to be broad (laughs) knowledge of, you know, you're not um, super nanny or whatever that person was, but what's something that you've learned through mothering with a disability? It could be taking the leap. It could be something you've learned. Just trust yourself. And you just learn on the go. Yeah. 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 And you're, I can see the way you two beautiful children look at you. They love you to bits. It's cute, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. It really is. And on behalf of our listenable family, I want to thank you so much for coming in and being honest. You know, I know I learn a lot and um, I worry about being a parent and I couldn't even imagine, you know, being the the female in the in the equation if you had the disability. And single know? as well. And single, you know, you, you kick in metaphorical goals, not physically. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we really love and appreciate you coming on and being so honest. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Especially in this time as well. It means a lot. Um, if people do want to get in contact with you, is there a way that you want to be contacted or if someone wants to reach out to you? You, you can find me on Facebook. Ashley, Ashley Morton, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Um, maybe we maybe we might um do a little Facebook post when this is released, and uh, maybe we can get you in the comments for any other mothers who want to connect. Yeah, That'd sure, be really nice to yeah, do. Totally. Um, we appreciate your time, like Dylan said. Thank you so much for coming in and being part of Listen Able. Thanks, Thanks, Ash. We appreciate it. Usually, in a conversation with three people, you can be a third wheel. I was the fifth. No. Ninth wheel in that yeah, studio. You learn in wheelchairs have four wheels. Yeah, that's right. What a beautiful person, you yeah, know, right, and really giving. And how cute are her kids? Kids and are awesome. I just love it that she thought, you know what, I'm going to just leap in and do it because I want to be a parent and I'll just figure it out as I go along. And it's a good lesson to all of us. We always talk ourselves out of it, but mm-hmm. she talked herself into it. And, you know, how lucky are those kids to have such a great mother? And we're pumped for next week's episode. G'day, my name's Adam Hills. I'm a comedian, I'm a TV host, uh, and right now I am a part-time teacher. (laughs) (laughs) From the isolation of your very own bedroom on a Zoom record, we're very excited to have you, Adam. And uh, what is your disability? Uh, I was born without a right foot. 
If you or you know somebody you think we need to be talking to, um, then make sure you hit us up on email. We want it all directed through there. It's listenablepodcast at outlook.com. And if you have enjoyed this, please share it, subscribe, and write a comment because it honestly really helps us. It really helps guests listenable in the years of more and more people and and we really appreciate the support so far. And don't go anywhere. Adam Hills is going to be a huge episode next. Hillsy! Listenable was presented by Dylan Alcott and Angus O'Loughlin and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and the music was written and performed by Eliza Hull.